Shalom. I'm Rabbi Tuvia Teldon, Director of Chabad Lubavitch of Long Island, and I want to welcome you tonight to the Jewish Spotlight. This evening we have with us a very special guest, a rabbi in the community who is well known throughout Long Island, who's done tremendous work with young adults, with families, and with children as well. It's my pleasure now to introduce you to Rabbi Label Baumgarten, who is centered at the Chabad House in Korm. Rabbi Baumgarten, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Thank you very much for inviting me. Very nice. Rabbi Baumgarten, I want to discuss a couple of things with you tonight. I know you have a, a lot of different areas of expertise, so we'll try to jump around to cover as much ground as we can. Flattered. <laughs> but one area I want to talk about is just getting started as far as what you're doing in Korm. People usually think of the East End, and of course, Quorum is only the center of your activity. Your activities go throughout the East End of Long Island. If you mention to somebody, first of all, where Quorum is, people don't even haven't heard of Quorum. But if you mention to them about there being a rabbi working full time with Jews in the East End, they think, well, what to do? Make blintzes all day, or you know, what is there to do? Because people don't even know that Jews exist in the East End of Long Island. What is going on out there? What do you keep busy with? Surprisingly, uh, out in the East End, particularly in Quorum, there are quite a few Jews. And like in every other community, we have a beautiful synagogue. In fact, I think at this time we even have the largest Chabad house, Lubavitch, Lubavitch, the largest Lubavitch center at this time out in the Quorum, surprisingly. There are quite a few Jews, but we do a lot of things there. Uh, we have all kinds of programs, special for children, educational programs. And in general, if anybody needs anything... We are, our doors are open for anybody. Well, I know you have a reputation, together with your wife Goldie, of having a chnasis orchim, of having guests galore, that whenever anybody wants a place to stay or to eat, or to come for a Shabbos meal, that they know the Baumgarten house is always open. I'm sure you have some interesting stories to tell about all types of people who come through your doors. Quite a few, but uh, I, I don't remember if I, you know, every week there is a different kind of story. But yes, everybody's invited to come, and thank God we have quite a few people every Shabbos who come mm-hmm. to us, uh, and everybody is invited to come. If anybody needs a place for Shabbos, you're always welcome to come well, for Shabbos. It's quite an experience. I remember hearing stories about when you grew up, about the Shabbos house, where you and your eight siblings, Kenana Harda, around the table, the Shabbos table in Crown Heights, and how there would be Shabbos songs, and how people would literally become so mesmerized by experiencing your Shabbos table when you were a child, and of course all your brothers, and sing beautifully as well, so... Uh, well, I'm this sure. was, this was uh, brought when I was brought up in uh, Brooklyn, right? Um, living in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, but out here in uh, Quorum, in the East End of Long Island, we try to bring you here for my little children to play the same role as they. Do as they sing well? Uh, You're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> All right, I'm not such a great singer either. <laughs> no. I wouldn't say that. But in any case, in addition to your work, as far as spreading activities and knowledge about Judaism amongst many of the Jews there and just helping them in a very physical way sometimes. I know that you're a chaplain also at quite a few of the hospitals in the area, correct? Yes, I uh, try to visit at least every day uh, the hospitals and nursing homes around the area, for instance, on the chaplain of Brookhaven Memorial Hospital. In Patchogue. Uh, that's in Patchogue, correct. And uh, in Port Jeff, we have um, um, Matters Hospital and uh, St. Charles Hospital. Right. Uh, and I try to visit uh, every day. I try to cover a hospital, and just to uh, visit the patients, bring a smile on their face, 
and it's unbelievable. They really enjoy it. I'm sure you meet a lot of people that way. Quite a few, quite a few. It's, sure, it's, you've uh, been doing that for quite a few years. You can eventually everybody ends up there, maybe for a day or so during the course of a lifetime. And we become become good friends. A lot of good of them, things, really. Yeah, very good. Now, in addition to that, I know that your activities spread out all the way out to Montauk. Now, I don't know what you do in Montauk, but I can imagine there are Jews in Montauk also. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in terms of the Jewish community further out east and your involvement. Well, uh, as my base actually is in Quorum, uh, we cover the entire east end of Long Island. And I try to split my time uh, during the winter time, the winter months I'm at in Quorum. Around in the summertime, I try to spend out in the Hamptons. About eight years ago, uh, we started a, uh, a traditional minion, a service in East Hampton. Mm-hmm. And first it was a small crowd, and I have to say that today, thank God, uh, throughout the summer months, we have over 150 to 200 people. 200 atten- people sometimes attending services? Attending services on the, during on the, the summer. During the summer, yeah. And where do you hold Dominion? Well, we first started out in, a, in East Hampton on Three Mile Harbor, uh, a very uh, courageous family. Uh, the name is Tugendhaft. Uh, they started us out and uh, in a small little home uh, on the harbor. And at uh, first we tried to get a minion. First it was eight people, then ten people. Right. And uh, as the minion grew larger, mm-hmm. we moved over to the main beach, so to say, on uh, Lily Pond Lane. Okay. And uh, there it's really expanded. Really, really expanded. I mean, really it's... Uh, and these are people who live out in the Hamptons or mostly people who come to the Hamptons during the summer? Most of the people who come out uh, in the summer. Uh, people from Manhattan or all over. So you must have a very interesting crowd. I know you, you've mentioned some people. Uh, we were talking just before the show. You meet Martha Stewart every once in a while. Oh, and, sure. And who else comes to your minion? Well, the, uh, we have uh, the... Uh, Isaac Perlman, I think, has come he to has the come minion to once minion, in a while. Right, uh, Ronald Perlman. Um, come, he's actually he's the one who uh, initiated this whole uh, traditional minion for us. So he's very, very involved, and he really pushes very hard that there should be a regular a tr- service. A traditional minion, right. Very and nice. we have many others, uh, you know, uh, people coming from all over. Right. Well, I know you're not one into name dropping, but <laughs> show you there are some very interesting experiences that you have out there, and it's it's interesting because people go out there very often are there to escape the city. So the question comes up in my mind: Why, if they're escaping the city and escaping everything going on in the city, do they get involved with something so Jewish out there? Because the people who come to you, I suppose, are not Orthodox Jews who just happen to be in the Hamptons during the summer. No, not at all. In fact, uh, our whole motto of Chabad Lubavitch is to accept everybody. Right. And everybody comes. It's the, I, I believe that uh, the beauty of our minion is that on a Saturday morning, out there are services, we have all kinds, uh, all, all kinds of conservative reform. We all get together and, and, uh, a, and we all pray together. Family. It's, a, and you, it's unified, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say that, of course, it's word of mouth. And uh, I reach out to the people out here that just come and experience and you love it. And that answers the question where, you know, people who come out here, they're escaping, but uh-huh. they need a little bit of that, that, uh, that Jewish soul to start them off the, the weekend. Well, I've heard that one of the things that attract people to come to your minion is because Rabbi Bamgarin is not only a rabbi, but he's a chazan, he's a cantor, and that you lead the services every Shabbos. I do. All right, and I've I heard do. that people come because they want to hear Rabbi Bamgarin singing. Well, I'm, uh, first of all, I'm, uh, thank you. I'm very flattered. Uh, so maybe you'll give us a little bit of a, an example. 
Well, I, yeah, I, I'm, you would like to hear part of the service. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. I, will you sing a song for us? <laughs> I'm maybe serious. Down the line, uh, maybe a little later I'll sing a song Okay. Well, it's, it's a little later now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we come from a uh, family of, uh, of not of cantors. Actually, you know, one of our members of my family is a cantor. But our families were more uh, singers. Right. Uh, you know, the penitent soul is through music. Right. Right. Uh, and uh, we believe that through song... Wait, say that again. The pen of the soul is music. Right. Okay. Uh, to express yourself. Uh, uh, and I find that many people throughout my upbringing, uh, that a lot of people have been warmed up to Judaism through the singing uh, throughout my upbringing. Can you and, sing uh, us a song? Well, one of the songs I could, uh, which is known is uh, a song called The Little Bird. I don't know if I'm really tuned now, but I'll try it. All right. We're ready. Okay. The little bird is calling. It wishes to return. The little bird is wounded. It cannot fly but yearn. It's captured by the vultures Crying bitterly Oh, to see my nest again Oh, to be free The little bird of silver so delicate and rare still chirps among the vultures outshining all that's there how long how long it suffers how long will it be when will come the eagle and set the little bird free. The little bird is Yisrael. The vultures are our foes. The painful wound is gallows, which we all feel and know. The nest is Yerushalayim, we yearn to be once more. The eagle is Mashiach, whom we are waiting for. That was beautiful. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> this is one of the numbers. The question is what I can get off from Shabbos in my synagogue and come <laughs> to you, hear you at your synagogue. Always welcome. <laughs> All right. Always welcome. That's great. Listen, I know in, uh, in the course of your activities on East End, a lot of different things have come up in the past. And I... I would like to mention something. Yes, go I, on. Okay. If I can, uh, of course. You know, to give a little bit of a taste, that being part of the program which we do during the summer, uh, on every Sunday I do visit all the camps surrounding the whole East End. Really? Like, oh, yeah. I like to have uh, the 4-H camps. And, uh, and I feel very good because when I'm there and I sing with them, so they call me the rock and roll rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good, you know. So you sing at the camps that you oh, go right. to? All right, they love it. And yeah. it gives them a very good Jewish uh, feeling. And uh, so I got my name, the Rock and Roll Rabbi. When I'm in East Hampton, they call me the Hollywood Rabbi. 
but out here and when I'm at the at the summer camps they call me the Very Rapid nice. Rally. So but in, in addition, levels. in addition, you have a minion as well that you organize in two other locations on the East End. That's correct. correct. Yes. Uh, that? Besides the minion which we have in Corum in East Hampton, we started a also nice, very nice uh, service in East, in Southampton, and we have now a beautiful minion in Watermill. Which yeah. is, do you have any plans for any other services? Yes, there are people who are constantly calling me that they would like to have traditional minion throughout. That's incredible. Who would ever imagine at the East End that there would be four or five different locations to have traditional services? It's amazing today. Really, it's an amazing accomplishment. And, uh, I really give you a tremendous yashikoch and congratulations for that accomplishment. Thank you. So I wanted to bring something else up, though. I know that during the course of your activity out there, you've been called for many different types of duties. And we're all aware of the fact that uh, when Flight 800 went down off the Long Island Sound, there was a tremendous response from the community. And it's well known, of course, in the Jewish community that you were, I think, the first rabbi who responded, who came right to the site. You had no idea if there were Jews on board, no Jews on board, but you knew that there was a crash and there was a need, perhaps for some type of pastoral services, and you went there, and from what I understand, you spent the whole night there. Yes, it was, uh, I, I happened to be not too far from there. I was giving a, a class that evening, and, uh, and I heard about it, and I just dropped whatever I've done and I tell us a little bit down. about what happened well when I came there of course it was a, it was a hush you know really nobody knew what really was happening and so when we found out that they needed some help down there so to say you know spiritual help so to say I was I volunteered right away to to go in there and we were there uh, you know of course everybody understands what was going on in that evening there but I wouldn't move from the spot I was there an entire night uh, and I was there praying there uh, on the dock and and, uh, and you saw them as they were bringing I was, I was seeing, I was seeing everything. Uh, I was there. Uh, we gave encouragement to each other, and uh, it was an unbelievable team. I was uh, something which I will never forget. Uh, all the, such, you know, you find that the world is such a great world and such great people that when there's such a need, everybody is out there, and it was a great experience. Unfortunately, in such a circumstances, but everybody got together, and uh, it was a, uh, it was it an incredible experience just working together with those people and. I mean, the pain also and the, the grief, you know, deal, just dealing with that. I don't know if you still have uh, nightmares or, or different things about the things you saw. Well, I, I've, I've saw terrible things, naturally, I'm sure, which people are aware. Uh, but uh, I think about it every day. And uh, really? my heart really goes out to the members of the family. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's why I was there for them, because uh, I knew how the families are going to feel. And therefore, I felt that I should be there, at least be there with their beloveds. And I was there the whole time with them, praying with them. That's, that's and it wasn't wonderful. only for the Jewish people. I, we were there for all, for all the 200, uh, 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 over, 220, people, yeah. Yeah. over 200 uh, people were there. And, uh, and I wouldn't move till we knew that the last uh, person that we tried. And we, in fact, we were there for a couple of weeks, and you were there a couple of days as well. I came down also to visit right. us. Uh, but we all worked together. It was a, an unbelievable uh, experience. Right. Now, another one of your activities out in the East End is that you are the chaplain, I believe, at the correctional facility in Riverhead. Right. All right. right. So you have labels. a lot of hats, Rabbi. It's <laughs> well, that's so our that, mission out here. That, that 100%. But that's a very interesting thing. I think that, the, first of all, it's important people know that there is a rabbi who goes out every single week and that you visit Riverhead and that there are Jewish prisoners there and that you're involved with them and you help them. I know that you've helped people even after they've left prison as far as helping them to make the transition and just back into mm -hmm. normal society. But what's it like when you go there? When you well, when you enter those that 
building and you go behind those bars, give us an idea of what that experience is every time you do that. Well, I suggest only people who want people want to help as volunteers to go to, to be there, but please don't <laughs> go to jail. Uh, it's quite very for me. It's very difficult, but I feel as uh, an emissary of the Rebbe of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who encouraged us that to visit these people and to give them a uh, sense of uh, of services that uh, feeling that they belong, and perhaps maybe to bring them back. And I have to say that. Uh, um, many of them, i not only involved with them, but I'm involved with their families. I try to get to the families to help them out as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, if they need, because I know if, they're, if their husbands are in, a, in, the, in prison or vice versa, I'd like to help right. out the families. Right. So how do you help them out? How do you uh, help if them they, through this transition? Monetary or just to be there with them and, and just throughout the time that uh, they have to spend in, in the prison, I try to help the families. Now, I know you mentioned concerning the Rebbe's tremendous emphasis on going out to reach the prisoners, not only because, of course, there are a lot of, of Christian organizations which are trying to convert Jews while they're in prison, but also just out of, obviously, as well, as a concern for a fellow Jew to make sure they have the facilities and they have also the means by which to be able to reconsider their lives. Because I think there are a lot of Jews, and not Jews alike, who start looking into religion because they realize there's something deeper in life that perhaps they've missed out on that has caused them to, to lead their life in a direction that has brought them to this place. And it's time for them to make a reckoning. You know, people sometimes make fun. They say, oh, you went to prison and became right. religious. Right. But they don't appreciate necessarily the inner turmoil and the transition that a person goes through when they experience something like that. Not everybody in prison expected to be there or feels that they belong there or, or, or really even recognize that the type of activity they were involved in would, would bring them there. True. It's a shock. That's right. It's very, it's uh, going to prison and being there with, with, with them and giving them a service. I believe that, as you know, that when people are, have these problems, like somebody's in a hospital, mm-hmm. uh, many people turn to prayers or to spirituality. Uh, and I find, in my experience, I'm over there over 16 years. In the, really? There, yeah. It's quite a long time. Uh, I've seen many success, which I had personally. I'm sure the correctional facilities had many uh, positive uh, outcomes of their uh, inmates. However, what I've seen, the Jewish inmates, I'm in touch with them and help them out, and some of them even belong to our uh, congregation. And Very help them in every way back. Going there uh, is a sense when I'm sitting them with them, uh, I don't, it's not of a prisoner and a rabbi. We're there as a rabbi and a congregant or friends. And uh, we have a service there. We talk a lot. And uh, well, without infringing on your privacy or your private discussions with them, what kind of subjects do they bring up? What are their concerns? What are they looking to you for? Well, they're looking for spirituality. Uh, when they're in prison, you have more time to to think about your past. Uh, if they're Jewish, they think about their Judaism, and they want to hear more about it. So, I try to help them to open up a little bit and to give them an interest of, uh, of, of their Judaism. At the same time, I can help them in their situation of what, if to help them out if they need any help as, as you know, to get out or, or uh, to work with them if I feel that... Uh, this, this is something that's interesting, what you're bringing up. There are a lot of people, and from one end to the other, let's say on one end is, of course, people who were in prison or in the hospitals, to the other end, people who are very, very successful in their positions and have really reached the heights of of their career, who are both realizing that they need something more spiritual in their life. And it's very interesting how people from all different types of backgrounds and ways of life come to the same conclusion. 
that there's that need to be able to add that extra dimension into their life. Do you come across that in a lot of your experiences well, with people? I, actually, I, I experience it. I feel I, it. Now, let's say in the Hamptons, for instance. You have people who well, are at the height of their careers right. who are out there during the summer in the Manhattan crowd. They come out to you and they come to a rabbi on Shabbos morning for a minion. I mean, what do they need it for? I don't know if they know that, I, that if I did a service for them and then I go to the prison. But it's very interesting. You brought up an interesting point that we have one common denominator. There's the spirituality, the service, there's Judaism is by everybody, no matter if you've reached your high uh, capacity or if you're a prisoner. It's, it's unbelievable how we all uh, mingle together and we come to one person. So let's say you take a person who's uh, in the prison, perhaps there there's more receptivity. Take a person out in the Hamptons who's at the pinnacle of success. How do you approach them and say, all right, listen, good, you've made it. Congratulations. But isn't there something that you're missing in life? Isn't there something that can be added on in life? Not threatening, not in any way will take away from your your success, but to the contrary, will add on to it. How do you approach a person? It's, I, I think the more they approach, they approach me, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. Okay. I think when they come to the services and they realize that it's a really spiritual, and it's uplifting for them, and then they get to know you, and they see sort of, oh, here is a guy who's really, he's a spiritual, but he's part of the gang, so to say. He's right. part of the situation, and they feel very comfortable. They really they open up. They feel very comfortable. I can tell you that, that after... That the, everybody does. <laughs> right. After the services, we have a, you know, a get-together you know, to some to eat and things right. like that. And I feel great because there's a whole lineup of people before they want to go home. You know, everybody tells me little problems and if I could solve their little problems. So everybody says, okay, we're lining up to see the rabbi before we leave, you know, to grab something to eat, a bite to eat, and they come see the rabbi. And we have all kinds of people there from... From the from the lawyers, doctors, and uh, professionals, and th- we, f- I feel that I could see in my experience that they're missing something, and once they experience it, uh, a whole world opens up for them. Really, you've seen that how the people have really made yeah. in personal yeah. changes in their life. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm personal friends with each one of them, and I'm in contact with them. And uh, some of them have become more traditional as a result. Yes, uh, I've, I've, I have to say that uh, being there the eight years in the Hamptons. I have koshered many, many homes. I have put on, put on tons and tons of mezuzahs on their doorposts. Right. And uh, helping them out in all different aspects. I mean, they call me up. I go visit them in Manhattan uh, during, the, during the year. So I'm in contact with each one of them. And it's, it, for me, it's, a, it's, it's uplifting. It's a wonderful experience. I love it. So and you really get the full gamut of the human experience. Well, you see old people. And, uh, and you know, of course, mm-hmm. I, you can't take away from my own uh, community. Uh, which I'm full-time. Uh, I love every minute of it. Uh, I f- when you help out a family and you feel that family's happy and they smile and they feel a little relief, I mean, you go home, you're the, you're the happiest person. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, Chabad is all about. Uh, this is where I was brought up. You know, speaking of uh, how you were brought up, we have just a couple of minutes left. I think that uh, people would be very curious to know, number one, you grew up, of course, in a very Hasidic family, a family that, in fact, goes back directly to the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, a direct descendant, a distant relative of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and to be growing up in the, the Rebbe's court, so to say. What was it like? And I think there's a tremendous amount of curiosity. Maybe you can share a little bit of an insight of growing up in that whole environment with that really special special feeling for, and love for God and love for the Jewish people and love for the Torah and, and love of kosher chicken soup and a lot of love I know but you just spelled it out you just spelled it out I can say that you know coming from a uh, today I don't call it a large family one of nine the beauty of it we wait wait you don't call it a large family no (laughs) what is a large family today in the large family Lubavitch family thank God you have 
12, 13. Yeah, yeah some, but uh, some. I, would, I would still consider nine to be pretty right. large. Well, coming from a beautiful, large family, uh, uh, and and although your brothers are rabbis and all your sisters are rebbitsons, I understand. That's yes, they all. And they're all doing the rebbe's work, literally in all corners of all the globe, con- all corners of the world. That's correct. Okay. But growing up, so that special upbringing where everybody followed in those footsteps and was so excited and so, so inspired to to really ooze Judaism in every single pore of their skin. What is it? What's the secret? What? Well, it's very very hard to express. You know, things I lived it. You know, I'm being part of that. Uh, but it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. And I, I, mind you, a lot of people think that you were living like in a little ghettoish situation. Actually, being br- br- brought up in Crown Heights was not really that situation because the Rebbe, all the years, invited all the people from outside to inside. In my home, uh, bring up on a Friday evening, we had 30, 40 people around the table. And from all from, over. From coming from all, cor- all corners of, uh, from all over. Right. You know, in that time I was brought up in the 60s, so you had all the hippies coming, and they felt at home uh, by everybody else. This is how I was brought up. We felt all my life bring up in Crown Heights, even though, true, walking around Crown Heights, walking into a grocery store, I only could buy kosher. You couldn't find non-kosher in Crown right. Heights. Uh, but nevertheless, the atmosphere of accepting everybody, everybody was there. Observant Jews, not observant Jews, all coming from all corners of all of, of life, they were all there. Yeah, and of course, being able to to be going to the Rebbe's talks constantly and praying with the Rebbe and to really be in that environment and hear the Rebbe constantly speaking was something that really it, was it's something very, 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 uh, uh, very hard uh, at this time, very, more very hard and very hard to express that uh, feeling of what I mean that I could see the Rebbe every day, mm-hmm. I could be praying with him every day, I could be by his gatherings every week. Right. And just seeing his face and the inspiration which he gave us, this is what's keeping me going. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a tremendous inspiration. Right. It's a tremendous gift you know. and an honor to have been in that type of situation. I think we also have to add yeah. the families being together too. Right. Well, and this really helped us out. Bam Gordon, thank you very much for being on the show. It's a pleasure. Appreciate it, especially that singing. I'll tell you, we'll have to have you come <laughs> back on uh, just to sing for us. But uh, I hope you, everybody learned a little bit. And it was very nice of you to share all that information with us. Pleasure. In the meantime, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we have our special Chabad house at 58 Comac Road. We have, of course, 12 Chabad houses all over. And Rabbi Bamagaran, your Chabad house phone number is? 698-4000. 698-4000. Okay, that's, that's right in Quorum. That's pretty easy to remember. I don't think you even need a pen for that. That's correct. 698-4000. And you're on Quorum, Mount Sinai Road right. in Quorum. I believe it's 87 in Quorum, Mount Sinai Road. And we have 12 Chabad houses all over Long Island for you to be able to benefit from, to partake in, to meet great rabbis like this and his wonderful wife Goldie and to be able to really just touch a little bit of that world and find out that being Jewish and learning about it is a beautiful, fulfilling, great experience. At getting back also, we have of course, as I mentioned, the Chabad House at 58 Comac Road where I'd like you to come by and visit. We have a little computer room, a video room, we have a book library for you to come and to borrow. We also have, in order for you to be able to make Judaism even more available for you and for your children, we have also a special website, an internet website, which is going to be available, or is available, I should say, and that is on your screen, www.chabadli.org. So just jot that down, chabadli.org, and I hope you'll take advantage of that. And if you don't have internet, then... I want to tell you about our Superphone. And even if you do have internet, you can still call up our Superphone. Mm-hmm. Call 76 Super at any time, day or night, except for the Sabbath and the Jewish holidays. That phone is going full blast, and you can get in 
on a computer-driven menu to find out more about Judaism, to hear a, a saying from the rabbi, to hear a, a bedtime story, to find out about your Jewish birthday, when it might be, and uh, any of a number of different things which could be of interest to you. So I want you to really check into that and look into it because it's something that you could really all enjoy. And the main thing is, the main message is that we should all try, as you said, Rabbi Damgarn, to increase in our Judaism, to connect. And as a beautiful song that Rabbi Damgarn sang tells us that the little bird, the Jewish people, is waiting for Mashiach, waiting for the eagle to come. And we hope that all of you will do a good deed, do a mitzvah, do something special to be able to make sure that your world is better and to make the world at large a better world. Shalom and good evening. Sisu <laughs> 